Hey, Megan. Hi, Kelly. Today, we're talking about breaking family ties or estrangement. I was looking on the internet for a more modern word, and Mm -hmm. it really came up with like divorce or things Mm -hmm. that are not necessarily, although that's definitely family related. I'm thinking, um, you know, we're, we're today, we're talking more about like siblings and parents and even grandparents, like more of the familial, uh, ties that we have. Yeah. So I want to, this is going to be at least a two part, uh, series on the subject because it runs pretty deep and, and we either have our own experiences or we have friends and we'll be interviewing one of your friends, uh, next week regarding this. And today I wanted to just have a conversation about, um, more the mental health or the well-being of the person who's having to decide whether or not to release these toxic uh, relationships. And I want to kind of define the talk, what toxic relationships are, and then have a discussion around um, the importance of self-reflection, you know, making sure that you're taking care of yourself through this process um, because it's not something that we should be taking lightly. It's not something that we should just be doing on a daily basis. There needs to be some, I guess, uh, consciousness behind the decisions, right? Mm-hmm. And then you talked, you had a great top, uh, a great line about accountability of yourself. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I just think it's important and we can, you know, expand on this with all sorts of topics, but, you know, it's, it's really easy to point your finger at the other person and say, they're toxic and I need to cut them out of my life and not take accountability for the way that you might be um, furthering that toxicity or you might be causing it and you might not know, or you, you know, there's a lot of ways that we can be a part of that. And sometimes that's intentional or not. And so it's just important to hold yourself accountable for the ways that you might be contributing to the thing that you are blaming the other person in the relationship for. For sure. I mean, it's, and we've talked many times in previous episodes about uh, self-reflection and self-awareness, and this is no different. I mean, making sure that looking in the mirror and understanding where, where the want for this is coming from and your role that you're playing, like you mentioned, and kind of the reality of how you're perceiving yourself um, in the relationship is really important. Um, now toxic behaviors. I mean, you know, I, I think for the, t- for today, it obviously abusive relationships are toxic. Um, mm-hmm. and I want to be really cognizant of that. I think, um, you know, there's physical, emotional, um, abuse that happens in relationships with our family members and, uh, But for today, I think obviously we need to touch on that, but I am also talking about, you know, there's ways that, that family members are toxic that just leaves a lasting, that gut feeling that, or that, um, hesitation, like you don't want to pick up phone calls. You don't want to, uh, head over there for dinner. You know, there's other things Mm -hmm. that happen because of the way people behave that you cannot change. And I think that, um, historically for me, at least when I've, you know, we've had lots of issues in my family in varying ways. And one of the things that always was brought to my mind is, well, their family, 
Mm-hmm. And that saying is of blood is thicker than water or whatever that is there that brings on a lot of guilt because yeah. you feel the responsibility that you should not uh, estrange yourself from your family members because of who they are right in mm-hmm. relation to you. Anthony, yeah. Yeah. Have anything to say about that? Um, I mean, nothing that you haven't already yeah. said that it's just, you know, we, it's, there's a lot of, um, obligatory relationships that socially we are expected to maintain. And, um, it doesn't have to be that way. Cause that's not healthy to just follow along with what, you know, society says is appropriate for our relationships when it's, when it's harmful. Mm-hmm. So. I, yeah, I went on to psychology today just to look up like some toxic, you know, traits that people have. So I'd love to kind of talk a little bit about your thoughts and then we can have a discussion. So the first is that toxic people are manipulative, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it's not just like the, I think what I think of manipulative, which would be just like really um, like in your face manipulation, there's also ways to manipulate that are kind of on the down low, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, it's either expectation or, um, you should be doing this because I'm your mom or, you yeah. know, or it's tied directly like with whether or not you give enough love, um, or respect to parents or your siblings, you mm-hmm. know, things like that. Well, and I think that because manipulation can be really subtle, how many times, like if you stop and think about the way that you act in a friendship relation, whatever type of relationship it is with a family member, or with a romantic partner, whatever, how many times, if you really stop and think about it, how many times have you manipulated a conversation or a behavior of the person in question because, you know, to try to get something that you want out of it. And so it can be really subtle and it can happen in ways where you don't even realize that you're doing it. So it's important to acknowledge that we are all manipulators and it's that doesn't mean that all of us are toxic and evil and bad and all mm-hmm. of us should end all of our relationships, but it's important to acknowledge our part that we play in that. And then that only helps us, you know, as long as we do something about it, that only helps us have stronger and healthier relationships moving forward. Yeah, that's great. Thank you for mentioning that we're all manipulative because mm-hmm. it's true. And I fear, yeah. I feel and fear <laughs> that Mm -hmm. part of me, because, Mm -hmm. um, you know, when I think of myself and manipulation, I think about, you know, a couple of things and I don't do this anymore, but I know for a fact that I used to do this, but it's almost like telling the story. So it fits your narrative, you know, to get the buy-in of other people. And, and, and that is something that family members do, you know? And yeah. so it's just, it's something to be, I mean, I'm part of a family. I know I have done this to my family. Um, and so it's just, you know, it, yeah, it's just important to recognize. And I think as yeah. we're kind of going down this list or a few of these lists and I'll link it in the show notes, I don't have an answer for all of these things. This is more to bring into your awareness that, mm-hmm of things to think about when you're trying to figure out whether or not this is something that's right for you. And only you can decide that for yourself. And everybody is coming to the table with different experiences. So you really need to understand, you know, that you're, you are an individual compared to everyone else. And your the way that your life experiences have brought you here today 
to, you know, when you're listening to this or trying to, you know, summarize whether or not this is for you, um, just keep that in mind, just because someone else is doing something or deciding to, you know, um, take care of a relationship in a, in a different, in a certain way, doesn't mean that that's exactly right for you. So just Mm -hmm. keep that in mind. Um, the second thing is they are judgmental, which is criticism basically. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, which is not, I mean, I just think about my own children when they were younger and doing sports and how I think in my mind, um, what I was saying to them about swimming in particular actually came across as criticism, right? Mm -hmm. So what we, sometimes what parents or people think that they're sharing with you, um, is in their mind for the betterment of your life or a life lesson is actually incredibly judgmental Mm -hmm. and, um, holds a lot of weight in as a relationship, as a parent, you're supposed to be there to teach and, and, uh, show the way rather than, you know, criticize and communicate through judgment. Well, and that judgment often comes from your expectation of how you want a person to behave or you want the situation to go. And so it comes from, it comes from a a selfish place and Mm -hmm. not from a place of actually looking out for their best interests. It's like you said, it's, you know, you might think that that's what you're doing or the other person might think that's what they're doing. But in reality, it's coming from somewhere deep inside where it might be because of an insecurity or something that they're lacking or something you're lacking if you're the one being judgmental, you know, but it, it can often come from a place of having an expectation or yeah. a way that somebody's supposed to behave. Well, I also think, you know, when we were raising our children, it was, it actually, I think, came from fear, mm-hmm. a little bit of fear of we've already been through this. We know the pitfalls and you really need to just act like this. You really need to yeah. do X. You need to do Y, you know, and it, it, it comes because we fear that they're going to um, experience the same sorrow that we will, you know? But, mm-hmm. but the reality is, is that, um, we're all individuals and we all need to come to that realization on our own in our own way for it to stick. Right. Um, so, okay. The third one is they take no responsibility for their, for their own feelings. So really that's like when parents project, you know, their feelings on you, which puts mm-hmm. a lot of pressure on kids because kids then end up feeling like they have to take care of you. Yeah. And I know I'm, I'm relating a lot of this to parent child. Um, but, but siblings do that too, you know, and especially if you come from, um, a, you know, trauma kind of based childhood, uh, these are survival skills that we learn to, um, try to even out the playing field from an emotional standpoint. So we start taking on others feelings. So that's just something to be aware of. Mm -hmm. Uh, let me go down this list. Um, they make you prove yourself to them. Mm. So I'm going to just read what it says. Cause it's actually really good. So toxic people make you choose them over someone else or something they want over something you want. Mm-hmm. So it's like a divide and conquer dynamic where the only choice is them. Right. Yeah. Have you ever had that experience? 
Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I know for sure in friendships, I've had that a lot more in my family relationships, not to say that I don't have issues <laughs> within my family dynamics, but that's something that I've definitely noticed from friendships and romantic relationships. Um, and I've seen that happen a lot with my friends and their other friends or their romantic relationships that they're in where somebody like guilts you into, well, you need to choose me over <laughs> this thing that you're super passionate about. Um, and we don't always realize it when we fall into that bubble of um, whatever the relationship is giving us. And we we kind of trick ourselves into believing that that behavior is okay for somebody to make you choose something. <laughs> and it's different if the, the choice, I think, is, um, you know, and this is a whole other topic, but if you're having your, like, let's say it's your spouse or your parent, you know, somebody that you're really close with and you're having them choose you over their addiction. I feel like that's a very different type of conversation than just, you know, you telling your daughter or your son that they need to choose, you know, something else because you don't really particularly like whatever, whatever choice that they're making. That's a, you know, choosing somebody over addiction is very different. So I just wanted to say that because I, you know, that's a whole different type of topic. Yeah. And I think I was just thinking actually this morning about the topic of addiction. So I think that's something, yeah, that, that's a big, big topic, but very good point. And um, what I think I want to come back to is really making sure that, you know, people are, when they're, up against a decision like this, or they're thinking about it, what I want them to really focus on is, you know, we can, we can actually hate the people that, that we're looking to estrange from or to separate from. Like there, sometimes there's a lot of hate and annoyance and, but those feelings can get really strong. And sometimes those feelings can overtake even how we are able to perceive ourselves right? It becomes mm -hmm. so overwhelming and the need for survival kind of overtakes and what we aren't able to do in that in like mental state is to really have the self-reflection that we talked about earlier. Yeah. And so I think, um, I think that having, making sure that the driver for the separation isn't isn't rooted in hate, if that makes sense. And I know this mm -hmm. might be uh, easier said than done, but if what's going to sustain you in making sure that this is the right decision for you is if you are beginning to heal from yeah. the things that are driving you away from this family member. And so it's now the healing isn't so that you can um, take what this person is doing to you. That's not the point. The healing is for you to be able to move forward in a healthy way so that you're not prone to fall back in old behaviors that got you or, or that kept you in this relationship. Would you yeah. agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. And, and something that you just made me think of too is, um, oh, I just lost my train of thought, Kelly. It's okay. We were talking about, oh, okay. So 
your judgment getting clouded basically with how Mm -hmm. you're thinking about it. Um, It's really easy when we start to get mad and riled up to look for certain behaviors to it's confirmation bias. And so we, you know, we hate this person and everything that they're doing is bad and it might genuinely be bad. They might Mm -hmm. be treating you poorly, but you might be conflating what's going on because you are looking for examples to confirm your bias that you already have. And so it's important to recognize that that might, even if it is valid or, or whatever, like it just that you recognize, you kind of pull yourself out of yourself for a little bit and just think, okay, is this objectively still what's going on? Or am I just looking for something to confirm what I want to be the case? Right. And, you know, when I say, you know, I want you to be on this healing journal journey, I'm not saying you should be healed before you make this decision or take steps to go into this decision. I just really am a proponent of starting to reflect and look at the whys, just as you said, right. Mm-hmm. To make sure that it, it it's because in order to, and this goes, you know, if you have one relationship with um, a family member that you're looking to sever and cut ties with, there might be things about that relationship. That's a thread throughout your life and other relationships. Like you might actually see uh, commonalities between the friendships or the other relationships that you have. Um, because I just, but I think that the familial tie is a little bit different just because we are expected in our culture to, you know, family is family and no matter what we should be there for them. And it's, it will internally kill you if you continue to allow those people to behave that way in your life. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're going to behave that way no matter what. So the question is why, what about it keeps you there? Right. Yeah. And really understanding and kind of, um, uncovering that uncover why, why you still talk to a parent who is verbally abusive to you as an adult. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, all of these scenarios happen to us at all ages. It doesn't, sometimes it doesn't matter that you're, you know, 60 years old and your 80 year old parents is still talking to you that way. Right. Um, it's, I mean, it's never too late to really understand those relationships and, and how, how you play a role in not, you don't deserve it, but more a role of staying, like what is making you stay in that and to investigate all of those avenues. Mm -hmm. And I do think, I mean, especially when it comes to abuse, like getting, you know, professional help is really, really important. So I don't want to just say that this is something a self healer can do. Mm. Um, can definitely reflect self-healing is part of, you know, a part of, uh, being able to reflect, but sometimes these run really, these issues run really deep and having a professional to help you help you get through, um, some of those feelings that come up over and over again, or is really, really helpful. Right. Absolutely. So, um, what did I want to say? There was something else. Um, I wanted to touch base on the, uh, survival mechanisms that we create 
And so I just wrote something. I'm just going to read it. Um, so I said, sometimes we can endure a lot, especially if we've grown up creating survival mechanisms, um, one of which family comes first, right? That adage of family comes first. And what I think that this creates is like guilt. Like mm. when we even remotely think of removing ourselves from a family member, we just, that, that guilt comes up. Like, who do we, why would we even think this? I mean, our own internal system of guilt activates. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why I'm saying, I think that the journey of healing, like beginning that journey of healing is so important to start that as quickly as possible, because I think that the best case scenario is to make this decision to break up with a family member consciously because it's for you. Mm -hmm. Whereas the less desirable scenario is that you're doing it out of that hate and that guilt for them yeah. and your well-being is actually secondary or even farther down the list, mm -hmm. you know? And I think like, if you're talking about a parent and let's just say you have children, you're also, you know, contemplating the removal of your children from their grandparents' lives. Right. And it's just, I, I mean, that is just another layer of the guilt that can be brought on. Right. It's not just about you. Well, that um, happens a lot where people either stay in a, you know, in a marriage or they keep contact with their parents because they have kids and they don't want their parents to be away. I mean, I know so many people who are in a, some type of situation where they are uncomfortable with the fact that they have to maintain some type of familial relationship, Yeah, but they feel stuck and they can't get out of it. Well, and uh, also, you know, a lot of this, I think is what I'm talking about is because I'm a parent. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I'm very much uh, think about my children and our relationships. So I'm, I'm bringing a lot of that to kind of this conversation, mm -hmm. but you know, parents, also find their children to be toxic as well. Yeah. And so it, this is as, you know, it's out there as much as, uh, as the, the vice versa is. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, as a parent, it is particularly difficult to sever ties because you raised your children. Yeah. Right. And they, <laughs> yeah. they are, you know, like a mirror of what you, of you and a reflection of you in some ways. Um, now we are all our individual people and, um, everybody as adults has, they, we all have the opportunity to self-reflect and make, you know, positive changes in our lives. Some more than, you know, others, it, and like, it took me until I was 48, right. To, to mm -hmm. start to understand the responsibility and accountability to myself, but, you know, there, especially when it comes to addiction and, um, well, I mean, that's one that I can actually relate to, um, when your child has, uh, an addiction and is in no way healing going through a healing process of that. Um, and an estrangement happens, um, mm -hmm. because it's just, you can't control what's happening in your child's life. And sometimes right. it does become so toxic that you do yeah. have to remove yourself, you know, mm -hmm. 
Um, so it's not, and that's pretty extreme example, but you know, everybody has toxic uh, traits. Right. And so it's just a matter of how those toxic traits are affecting you, whether you're a parent or you're the child or the cousin or the brother or sibling. Right. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. No, and we all, just like you said, we all have experienced that in some way and we all know people who have experienced it in different ways. And so that's why we're talking about it because it's not something that like only in an extreme case, like you just gave, it's not only that type of a situation that, that can show up for people. And that's not the only time when some type of estrangement needs to happen. This ha- we've all experienced it in some way. And it's important to recognize that we're not alone with that. And, you know, that's, again, that's just why we're talking about it because it's, it's just better to, well, A, if everybody would just self-reflect, I feel like a lot of problems would be solved if we could all just mm-hmm. do that. But, you know, it's important to know what, what you might do in that type of a, in the relationship to contribute to that and ways that you might be the toxic one, but it's also important to just start thinking about how are, (laughs) how is this relationship actually affecting me? You know, is it, am I just, am I just mad and staying mad about it, but I haven't really done anything to try to fix it. And, or have I done everything that I can? And is this now time for me to step away? So it's just important to think about those things so that we can make, just like you said, a decision that's actually the right decision for us. Like we know that it's a healthy thing for us to do. Yeah. And I think one thing, you know, that has to be reconciled also is it's heartbreaking. I mean, even, even if, if the relationship is super toxic, whatever that means for you, um, there, there is heartbreak because there's a lot of, um, wishing things were different, right? Like what ifs and the dream of what a family means to you is going to be broken because Mm -hmm. it's not sustainable. And I think that, you know, that just, I just wanted to say that because it's in no way, is this an easy decision to, to decide and then to actually act and be able to continue, um, being strong in your result, whatever your resolve is. And so there has to be a grief grieving process for it, because when you're around a toxic person, family member, especially it's, I just, I just, I've had, I have personal experience with this and there is a sibling that I no longer talk with, and it's been probably six or seven years. And so there is a lot of what I do, I find myself, I think as I get older is trying, I'm trying to remember the good things, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm trying to recall the good parts about this sibling. And it's not so that I can, um, reconnect, but I feel like I'm trying to find some humanity. Like I'm, I'm, I want to be compassionate about this person. Um, even though so many things that that person did was like really affected me and my family. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but I just, I have kind of mourned the idea or the mourned the fact that this person has decided to be the way that they are. Yeah. And that's something, and you and I have talked about this multiple times, but 
uh, the concept of having the expectation of what the person in the relationship should be for you, for what your relationship is. And sometimes they're not that, and you have to let that go. And if you, if you want to find peace at all and move on from it, you have to let go of the expectation that you have for what that person is supposed to be for you, because they are going to try to do what, what works for them. And that might not be a healthy thing. That might not be a good thing to do, but they are their own person. And so they might have a relationship with you where, you know, by society standards, you're supposed to maintain that relationship or that facade in a certain way, but we don't need to do that anymore. No. And I think one thing that helped me through that process was constantly reflecting on what is my actual responsibility? Mm -hmm. And when, when that gets challenged and I feel that my responsibility towards this person is greater than the responsibility toward myself or to my children or my husband, like that's when, you know, the scales are being tipped in their toxic toxicity, right? Like you really do need to think of, um, how you, how even your attitudes or behaviors change when you are with them, right? Like, especially, I mean, you know, for me, it was all about money. Like basically asking for money constantly. And it, it can't like, I am not responsible for this person's financial, whatever the inability for this person to care for himself. Right. Or, um, it's like, you, you really do have to kind of write down, like take a piece of paper, write down. What am I actually, what am I really, really responsible for with this Mm -hmm. person? And really what we're responsible for is for a mutual, mutual loving relationship. Yeah. You know, now obviously people, family members, you, you're going to have issues and, and conflicts and things that you don't agree upon. It's when it's repetitive, when they're not taking responsibility and when all the onus actually gets on you for either Mm -hmm. the health of the relationship or financial stability or you know, there's a list of other things that, that toxic people put on you. Um, and so, yeah, I just think that that's something that's important to, to recognize. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you talking about that, I mean, on a much smaller scale, I have some, I, I can think of off the bat, a relationship that I have with someone who, where like, when I talk with them, I don't particularly like who I am. And I, And I, it's like, I grow really insecure and I, you know, kind of blabber on about things, not that I'm, I like become a bad person, but I become a version of myself that is like rooted in insecurity and, and I don't like that. And I try to be conscientious of it whenever I talk with this person, but that doesn't always work out. But I think that we all have that unfortunately happen where it's that, you know, somebody might bring out a side of us that has that insecurity or fear or anger or something. And we, and it's just important to recognize that that's happening because it's going to happen at some point. And so it's just important to recognize that it's a thing and it might be happening and you might not even realize it until you really stop and think about it. Um, but it's definitely something that I've tried to be more cognizant of over the past couple of years and try to kind of 
I'm not going to make an overnight change, but definitely want to modify that. Right. Okay. So our next, um, well, we're, we're meeting with your friend who mm-hmm. has some, you know, a story to tell and, and to share, and she's willing to do that, which I think is so wonderful. And I know will help so many people who are, you know, questioning themselves about their family relationships and, um, and how they are within their family system. So yeah. um, I'm happy about that, that, that we get to share somebody else's story and they can help mm-hmm. us walk through it. So I think that's it for today, unless you have anything else to add. Oh, I think that that's good okay. for now. Thank you so much for listening and we'll talk to you next time.